Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia, command you. Oh, command me, Lord. On a mountain of skulls in the castle of pain, I sat on a throne of blood. What was will be, what is will be no more. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. A little less talk about goo washing over you. Dom Knotts in the first movie where he turned into the gargoyle. Did I misread this whole conversation? Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Vigo says the greater good. I was really hoping you were going to do the other voice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that, is that kind of like a CNC? <laughs> a little bit. You guys couldn't like pony up says. for Max Monsida? It yeah. wasn't that bad. I was, I was I was hoping for it's the greater good. And that's what I was hoping for. It's the greater good. Yeah. I can't yeah. You can't do indiscriminate no. uh Eastern European guy. Yeah, I just I can't do much. Okay. Although Sean, you you kinda do that sometimes. <laughs> indiscriminate <laughs> Eastern European. Yeah. Uh sometimes. This Vigo. This Vigo. This Vigo. Uh, this is episode 375, 375. I don't know why that number wow. seems significant, but there it is, 375. Uh, and tonight we're doing Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2. I Woo-hoo. am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew, sits on a throne of whiskey, Jimison. Yo. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was funny. That made me laugh. Thanks. Sam. What? Who's going to put the Statue of Liberty back? Vector. All you got to do is just dance dance your way back. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. Just just kind of move to the groove. Yeah. And uh, just, just go with it. Okay. Does it like, mo- yeah. can, can you get it to moonwalk if you play Michael Jackson? I'm sure it's the 80s. How could it not? How right? could it not? You're very right. And and speaking of, Sean, if, if I were to... Uh, to kill you off in this movie, I certainly would tie some sort of heavy object to you and let you drown in the river of slime. Oh. So, just so you know. And then yell at it so it like tosses and turns and, <laughs> and kind of really beats you up before you finally pass away. Sure. That sounds yeah. lovely, I guess. I thought you'd like. I don't know. It's, there's there's worse ways I think you've, you've invented for me, but... Yeah, you but, think so? Yeah, that one does sound pretty awful. I'm not going to lie. Being... <laughs> Drowned in viscous KY jelly just sounds gross. I don't know. <laughs> and making his cheap seat reviews debut is Chris. Well, better late than never from the first run podcast. Hello. How's it going? Woo-hoo. I am Welcome well. How are all of you? <laughs> well, I'm currently covered in some kind of goo, so I feel like a million bucks. You know, I, I was told ahead of time this is supposed to be like a PG-13-ish kind of podcast, so I'm not sure how down, how far down this road you want to go with that, but that's fine. <laughs> Definitely not to the yep. first Ghostbusters and the uh, the scene with, uh, what's it, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, right? yeah a little mm-hmm. ghost blowjob yeah. scene there, yeah. 
You mean the scene yeah. that I saw for the first time while watching it for this podcast? Yeah. 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 Uh, that was a, that was a good time. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I met Chris while working with Lady Wan on their show together, the which is called Screen Run Podcast. They're doing season two. They're doing the Alien uh, series, and I did Ooh. Alien 4. Which is, I think, it's known like creepy body body horror one where you know, kill me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a lot I of that one. there's a lot of weird things in uh, in the fourth one, like uh, you know that part, as well as um, the Grima worm tongue being super creepy, and mm-hmm. there's there's lots of there's lots of things. You should go check out check out that episode screen run. Uh, definitely check out. I mean, check out all their their episodes on aliens are great, but my episode is particularly great. Yeah, that's definitely going in the pantheon. And we are right now in the doldrums, though. We're right in the middle of the AVP part, mm. so uh, doing requiem next, which uh, I'm not just I'm just not looking forward to it all. Oh, <laughs> that is kind of a bummer when you like you get a movie on your list for whatever reason, and you just kind of don't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. But we've been there too. Yes, I mean, we have. Lord knows. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm speaking from experience on that one. It's there's there's sometimes where whether someone put it on there uh, as you know one of you you know chuckleheads <laughs> or it was a request from a listener. There's sometimes it's like I really don't want to watch this movie, but that's not the case for Ghostbusters too. Oh, Are you sure about be. that? I was. I'll, I'll tell you. I'm gonna give you a little you know background. Okay, just little real world scenario. Okay. Um, we are all people. We have lives outside of oh, the podcast, so. obviously. And sometimes things outside the show can affect our mood. Um, <laughs> as um, my cryptic tweet recently, um, Sam's family is in need of some prayers. So there's, there's, there's real stuff there. And then I spent two hours today, as we record today, in... Um, um, what's called active shooter training. And so I got to see lots of statistics and other things that just make you depressed. So and I teach high school and Andrew teaches high school. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just going to say for my, my, my own benefit that I was looking forward to escaping into a fun, dumb thing and just, um, Allowing the 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 goo that is Ghostbusters two to just uh, wash over me. So I, this is definitely for me not the, a movie where I was like, Ugh, I don't want to watch this one. I was I was looking forward to having a good time. Hey Sean. Hey. Can you do me a favor and a uh, little less talk about goo washing over you? That's twice now tonight, and <laughs> I just, I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. I, I just, wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah, yeah, it is a little weird. So. I know. I, I, that that scene just cracked me up. I figured out. We'll talk to... about your goo shooters later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the part that made me so upset was that they got the goo all over the speakers, which of course made feedback when Pinkman picked up the microphone. But well, that happens. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's... you're aiming. Yeah, well, you're not wrong, true. Andrew. Oh my goodness! Anyway, um, I'll try to keep that talk. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'm making some people listening uncomfortable. Andrew, please tell the fine listeners of this show what is Ghostbusters Two? The discovery of a massive flow of ectoplasm 
under the New York City pumps. <laughs> yes, no, because right. what I said is worse, than, that worse than that. Yeah. Ectoplasm. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. <clears throat> <laughs> we'll talk about that off air. The discovery of a massive flow of ectoplasm under New York City pumps new life into the Ghostbusters' sagging business. When Dana begins to have ghostly troubles, they soon discover an evil sorcerer has nefarious plans for her baby son. Baby. All right. That was nice. Is that IMDb? Uh, something. What is this? I'm on Voodoo, actually. Oh, okay. That sounds uh, scary. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And also kind of strangely uh, innuendo-y, too. If that's a word, sure. it's not a word, but that's fine. Uh, so uh, I can, it's safe to assume that we've all seen this movie, right? Yeah. Is that, that safe yeah. to say? Correct. Yeah, I think so. Andrew, did you say no? I, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you, you said you own I, this. On DVD. I do. Yeah. I own it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, if I may, what format, Andrew, do you have this in? A DVD. Okay. Yeah. This is pre Blu-ray, but post VHS. I was wondering if you had, been, had, had done any upgrading. I never owned this in any capacity. No, well, neither did I. Is, yeah. I'm surprised by no. but I never pulled the trigger on it. I, I did today consider buying the digital versions because there's a, on Vudu, there's a, a packet, a, you know, a bundle where you could buy these two and it pre-orders the uh, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife as well, which I haven't Ooh. seen yet. So I thought about pre-ordering and everything, but I, I didn't. That's why I was asking if this was streaming earlier. Mm. Sean was under the impression that, uh, you know, 30 minutes before the show, I hadn't seen the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. And I'm, you know, I wasn't going to judge, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those persons who judges anybody that, that doesn't need judging. So yeah. I wasn't going to say anything. Well, I mean, it's, it, it isn't that far from reality where we've actually had times where members of the show were watching the movie as we were recording. <laughs> and, that's impressive. It's impressive and also a little like because it it wasn't like it was a movie they'd seen 13 times but they just wanted a refresher. It was like this was the first time they had the seen the movie. The first time. Yeah. So they told us that I'm literally watching it as you guys talk. And so it's like, well then we can't talk about anything until you catch up to it. You get to that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, jerk. Uh of course then you have again, to worry about that with me. I am a professional. Yeah. Well, I, I I can tell. No, we, we we never say that that we're professional. We just oh, yeah no yeah yeah we're nowhere near that. Yeah yeah we don't get paid for this, so we're obviously not no. professionals. Actually, I think we're losing money on all this. We are <laughs> technically yeah yeah we yeah. we we need our proverbial Black Friday to kind of get us back into the black because how many years have we <laughs> have you been waiting for that Black Friday? Well, uh, we, guys, we actually have an Amazon wish list that we put together that uh, we're actually having to buy things off of or for ourselves. Uh, that's how <laughs> that's how this podcast works. Yeah. That's not, not far from the truth. Uh, Sam, why don't you start off with your five-word review? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got two. And uh, the first one is we're, this is actually, I'll give you guys two, two words because I only use three here, but, uh, worst mother ever. <laughs> oh, and you I do my know, woman Sigourney bad like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a p- parent, obviously I never noticed any of this back in the eighties when I saw this thing, 
But as a parent, I'm I'm like screaming at the TV, you know, woman, tend to your child. Your child is in danger and you're leaving it on a bed surrounded by pillows in another room with windows open or it just come on. You know, it's I the just, 80s. People people didn't care about their babies back then. It's a miracle like, it, any of us are alive. She she comes into the room at the end, right? And it's like being possessed. And she just stands there for like 10 seconds like, ooh, what's going on? I need to go maybe go get my baby. And it's just there's so many times in this movie where she, she just abandons this poor kid that I'm like, you know, maybe it's better if Vigo takes it over. <laughs> I think I think I think the world would be a better place. If Vigo had control over this child rather than this this uh, neglected mother um, on here, so um, you know maybe he, maybe Vigo baby would would wouldn't grow up as a latchkey kid or you know roll off the bed and hit his head. Um, That's what the pillows you know, are for. That's what the pillows the, are for. Just child was sitting up. It's gonna roll. It's it. Mm, child was mobile. <laughs> That's bad decisions. But. But my my real um, uh, what am I doing here? Five my review. real review again. I'm giving somebody a word, and it's my memory was slimed. Nice. And I I always looked upon this movie with great favor, and it's not that it's a bad movie, but it just didn't it didn't hit me like rewatching the first Ghostbuster. Um, and it's very 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 seriously feels like a sequel. Right, and not only a sequel, but kind of a haphazard sequel. I I think there's too much Vankman in this movie, and not enough Winston and and some of the other guys that kind of really ground this thing. And I I just I had a harder time getting through this movie without rolling my eyes, and uh, and ignoring the very obvious '80s special effects. <laughs> They were pretty obvious, yeah. Yeah, but you can't yeah. blame it for the time. It's it's you know it's True. fine. It's, yeah. it's and yeah. I don't know I don't know why in movies with um oh the squirrely guy who loves his Vigo um I can't remember his oh name. Gosh, who knows? Um, right, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't stand movies with characters like that, and I don't know why, but it just it really it bothers me, and I I think it's. I don't know if it's overacting. I don't know what it is, but that that I I have a hard time with movies with characters like this. Now I was okay with um, Dom Knotts in the first movie where he turned into the gargoyle guy and um, <laughs> Rick Moranis, the keymaster, right? Or was he the gatekeeper? <laughs> oh, Rick Moranis. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Sam strikes again. Don Knotts. That's a good one, though. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was close. But anyway, you know, it's, I'm, well, I'm, th- I'm thinking side characters, right? And kind of slightly funny, annoying kind of characters. Um, but this time, the little Vigo guy really, really kind of cranked my chain in the wrong way. Janusz. Janusz. All right. Wow. Yeah. So st- he's a character. He wasn't grounded. That's the problem, I think. It's, it's, it's a pure caricature. Oh, oh yeah, he's a, a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. cartoon. I, yeah. I, I've met people like that though. Have you? Yeah, and that's I would have punched course, them in the you know, face. We're, <laughs> well, in the arts, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, it happens more than you think, and I can't punch my students. 
That is true. <laughs> you can. Well, okay. Or just ramifications. Yeah. yeah, just get just get tenure and then you'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. Well, Sam, bring well, in the uh the disgruntledness here. Bring in the yeah, heat. I'll, I'm going to pour the negative slime all over this movie. So all right. just all so right. you know. That's fine. Uh that's just fine. Um Andrew. All right. Well, I'm going to go to bat for this film. I'm going <laughs> to play the other, other team here. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia, of course. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up as a child of the late, late 80s and uh, <laughs> mostly 90s. Uh, I, You know, I didn't see this movie until the 90s for sure or any of the Ghostbusters, but I remember the cartoon, you know, I had the action figures. I was, I had the proton pack and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was a big Ghostbuster nerd back in the day. And so, uh, this movie has a special place, uh, in my heart. Now, here's what I have to say. Is it better than the first? No, 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 it's not. But I appreciate this movie for what it is because to me, and here's my five word review. It is more horror than the first. Absolutely. It is okay. it is a scarier ghost. It's a darker movie than the first one. And I remember there were scenes in this movie that scared the crap out of me as a kid. Uh, like the, uh, you know, the lady Janusz stealing the baby from the ledge. Uh, <laughs> and then just Vigo himself. You know, this to me is a brilliant villain. And I think well done. Until he comes out of the painting. Yes. You know, up until that point, it, just the little nuanced looks and the changes and the and the following of, with the eyes and, you know, all of that just messed with my head as a kid. <laughs> and it, the, watching it again brought all that back to me. Uh, I think Rick Moranis, you know, as, as kind of cheesy he as he is in this one, I like his character in this one. You know, he's a bumbling idiot of a lawyer. Uh, and yet he's also the stud to Janine. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this playful banter, you know, that they have throughout the movie. Uh, and then at the end, you know, he, assuming he saves the day, he thinks that he's done this miraculous task here and, uh, save the city and you know you just kind of like cheer for him even though he's an idiot um my my second review is not five words but uh when is it ever you can have some of sam's it's fine i know yeah yeah i gave you some you can do it so uh, i would hate to see the river of slime now in <laughs> today's world the the river of slime would be overflowing the banks of the hudson and not just ernie um but the, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that New York was was a completely terrible place in the 80s. I know, uh, you know, Reagan was happening, so who knows? But uh, today, uh, this movie would it'd be a touchy movie to make today. Anyway, so that's kind of that's kind of where I am. All right. Interesting. That works. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. Chris. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a five word review? 
I do. It's a uh, it's botched stakes raising. Excuse me. We we reset that. Botched stakes raising cash grab. Oh. Okay. So I think that uh, both Sam and uh, uh, Andrew are right and wrong. So, <laughs> and I, I can pick out different points in that. I think Andrew's entirely right that this film is a lot more intense than the original one was, and also too what I was mentioned before about how being more Venkman heavy. And I think part of the charm and why the original works so well, and we talked about this on uh, my other show when we talked about Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I'll tell you, Andrew, if you are a Ghostbusters fan and you're a nostalgia guy, you are going to adore Afterlife. Because that's basically, you're going to basically OOD on that thing. That's what that movie is all about, basically. Nice. But the issue we have for part two, there's a few things I struggle with with this. First off is... I'm a Bill Murray guy. Venkman was my favorite character. And I guess part of the issue they had when they were putting this thing together, right, is that they realized that they were focusing too much on him and Dana's relationship. So uh, they did some reshoots. They inserted that great ghost train severed head sequence. That wasn't originally in there. And they also put in the um, scenes where the photos burst into flames as well. That was a later addition. Because Both of those scenes by the way, scared me as a kid. Yeah, exactly. But Reitman, I guess, was looking to raise the stakes. He wanted it to be more intense and show that the Ghostbusters were actually in danger, right? Which I think misses the entire point of why the first film works so well. The first film works so well is because the entire thing is a joke and everybody is in on it and everybody's winking at you the whole time. And this one, I think, mostly fails because it tries to then become... And I think it's kind of uh, same how you put it. It's it's much more of a sequel. It's much more about a traditional sequel film trying to raise the stakes, trying to make something more important, something to do something bigger than what made the film so entertaining and engaging the first time. Because let me, it was I grew up right in the window of this. I was nine when this came out, so this was right in my wheelhouse. And if you're not as as just a disturbingly old as I am. You may not even <laughs> realize how huge Ghostbusters was back then. Yeah. And this part two is just kind of just a overblown stakes raising kind of just miss attempt. It was just a, it just didn't work. There are a couple other things too that still bother me about it. Like how they kind of try and sex up Dana, right? She's <laughs> in a bra in one scene. She's in a towel all wet in another scene. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the point of that. Sean, you, you, that got a reaction out of you. Did that? I, did that I, I did note that in my notes. It's like, oh, I guess they decided that they needed the 13-year-old boys to have something to look at. So they're going to have Sigourney Weaver be uh, as close to naked as Sigourney Weaver is going to do in, the, in a PG-13 yeah. movie. Outside of going into her sleeping pod, too, right? In uh, the first Alien film when she's... Sure. Either way. And Sam, I think interesting too about you talked about <laughs> Bill Murray. I yeah. find him surprisingly muted in this film. Really? He's not half as engaging to me as he was in the first film. He's not half as charming or as mischievous as he mm-hmm. was in the first film. I really get the impression from him. And I think this is a reason why he's always been hesitant to do any sequels. It's because I think he's here clearly because Ramus and Ackroyd wrote this thing and they wanted him to do it. And he kind of did it for his friends. Cause I feel like he's almost sleepwalking through this whole thing that he's just well, here because he wanted to show up. He, he wants to do a solid for them. 
but I don't see him as engaged as he was that first round. Well, and I think that's the problem, right? I think, you know, especially in the, in the first movie, he's the lovable kind of fun guy. Yeah, he's and in this one, he, he's annoying in this one. He, he just, he was incredibly annoying in this one to me, at least. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's basically, yeah, that's where I fall with this thing. It's just, it's disappointing to me because I, I adore that first film so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There, I was, when I was kind of going through some of the trivia, there's a really long piece of trivia that I'm not going to read. But it it kind of goes into to several of the factors contributing to the five year gap between Ghostbusters one and Ghostbusters two, and a lot of it is the fact that Bill Murray was pissed off at a handful of people at Columbia, um, and so there was some other stuff going on. So I I can kind of feel like I kind of see where you're coming, Chris. Like it feels like uh, Bill Murray isn't. Because to me, honestly, Bill Murray, it feels like all he's here to do is to de- deliver to deliver one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like, I, I mean, they made me laugh, uh, but it yeah. just kind of felt like you know he's just there to deliver one-liners. I mean, my one of my favorite ones is the part when Rick Moranis, aka Don Knotts, um, is <laughs> saying, you know, you can't have, you know the. You have the court order says that they can't do the thing, and we don't want them to expose themselves. And then Bill Murray says, "And you don't want us to expose ourselves." Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, those are the jokes that this movie offers. Though it made me laugh, it's not I'd like quite... to give her a gynecological review. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, those kind of jokes. Yeah, they're they're throwaway jokes, but uh, but yeah, I don't mind them. I don't mind them either. But it like it. It also kind of gives there's there's more um, weight to the joke because Bill Murray is saying it, but I still his the 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 twinkle in his eye is gone in this one for yeah, me. Like I it agree. Is the first. I agree with you. I th- I think that you can definitely tell there's a difference in his character and just the way he's portraying the character between the two films for sure. Well, it, I guess it kind of feels like Vankman in the first one is. It's like he's trying to get one over on the city. And it just also just happens to be the fact that the city is in general genuine peril and he can save the day. Whereas in this one, it's just I mean, like like the three guys, the other three guys are like, the city's in danger. We gotta do something. And he's just like, Yeah, I don't know who these guys are. They're crazy. Like it like it always feels like he's the outsider. I don't know. I, and I know those are the jokes. Again, that's that's part of the the charm, but it 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 Vankman's uh, motivation feels just a little different than this movie than, than the other one. Uh, okay, so my five-word review is... I have two of them. Not the worst sequel ever. <laughs> uh, talk about non-committal. Um, my second one was Dumb and Funny with Heart. So yeah. I... I thought it was fun. I laughed at the jokes. It's also dumb. I know I, I talked to Sam earlier today on the phone. I I was telling him, I was like, how much of this movie do you remember? And he goes, oh, not much. I think you said like the Statue of Liberty and that was kind of it, right? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Absolutely. Yeah, it's because it's been 25 to 230 years since I've seen it. And... The only parts I remember, I remember the very beginning when they're doing the birthday party. And I remember thinking, even as a kid, 
how do they know their own theme song? Like, <laughs> did the Ghostbusters, after the events of New York uh, and the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man, go to Ray Parker Jr. and say, we need you to write a song about <laughs> us? Like, did, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or did they just contact the uh, the producer of their album and just say, we need the right... You know what I'm saying? Like... It's yeah. it's and, it's fourth wall breaking, but it. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's more I, they I, just were a cultural phenomenon, even in the Ghostbusters universe. Well, and that's I, I and and now that I've seen this, to me it was, you know, they still had a commercial in the first one. You yeah. know, the, this is kind of an extension of that that world that they had, that they might have even had, you know, a, a theme song, uh, at some point. I guess Sean, just, what, I'll, it, it, what I'll give you, Sean, too, is that I think as I get older and I become more cynical and jaded as an old man, I'll watch <laughs> like the one that, thing that stuck out to me in that similar vein is when they're they're uh, oiling up, for lack of a term, where they're sliming up the Statue of Liberty. I'm watching like, like, I'm like, oh, there's no way they have enough slime in their <laughs> yeah. to cover the entire statue. That's just yeah. not it's not going to work. <laughs> That's where my head goes nowadays. Instead of just blankly loving everything that's oh, happening. Oh, I'm I'm the same way because I'm sitting here thinking it would take them like seven hours to wire yeah, no up. Time either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have seven well, it, minutes it, to we, get to the Statue of Liberty covered in slime by speakers and a PA system, and <laughs> somehow uh, wire up a NES tra- uh, controller pad to to drive the Statue of Liberty. It's fine. But you know, but I don't. I, I don't care. I really don't. But it's just, I kind of see what you mean. What were you going to say, Sam? I was going to say my biggest issue was the fact that they didn't need the Statue of Liberty. They could have easily taken a helicopter and rappelled off the helicopter in through well, that glass. No, but the, the, oh, but they needed that symbol of hope. Yeah, that's what made to, the to, uh, to rally the city. Yeah, exactly. And the citizens. The positive energy from people cheering the Statue of Liberty is what made the dome open. To allow them to go through the skylight. If it was, okay. and that's eventually what beats Vigo too, right? Yeah. It's not anything they really do. Yeah, it's yeah, everybody they, singing, and then ultimately them spraying in with some positive slime. Right. Okay, yeah. okay, it's, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah, the movie literally is letting you know that the power of love is more powerful than evil. Like that's kind of the the premise of the story. See, Huey was right the whole time. It is the power of love. And Huey would have a nice big fat, you know, paycheck too had he just done the song, but instead he chose not to. He still got paid. Well, because <laughs> he sued them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, this this movie. So I know this movie. This is one of those movies where, like, if I kind of feel like you either you love it or you hate it because I I remember posting on Facebook or on Twitter that we we're doing this movie and some people were like, "You better treat it right" or whatever. You know, it's like there's there's a there's a fondness for this movie which I find really interesting. Um, I don't I don't get the the hate for it, but I don't get the ardent love either. I think it's just a fine movie. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's a fine movie. Well, I want to I want to run that down. I think because Andrew, what you were saying before about how you you know you grew up in the late '80s into the '90s, so your first experience would that be the television show and the sequel, and then the first, or how did that shake? Because I feel like there's a dividing line. There's the people like yeah. me who saw the original in theaters, and the people who grew up watching the TV, the cartoon show instead. Yeah. Oh, I definitely started with the cartoon. 
uh, the TV show. Uh, and then I'm sure at some point my parents said, well, I think he's probably old enough to watch the, the first one. And then, yeah, I, I'm sure it was like a made for TV cut. It had some mm. stuff taken out. Oh gosh. Language, yeah. yeah. Of course. Um, but you know, I did get to see those eventually, but I, the cartoon was definitely where it started. But I feel like cartoon people tend to like part two and the people like me who were OGs don't have as much of effect of don't have as much affection for the sequel. And by OG, and I, you mean old guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know. We, I don't think we're wanting to really compare the first and second movie. We're not really doing that in this podcast. But to me, if I look at the villain in the in the two, you know, you see, uh, well, what's the first one again? Uh, um, starts with a G. Uh, Giovanni. You no, know, oh. it's the main bad guy in the first one. You you only see it looks like uh, the eighties. Uh, Crazy hair. The yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Jazzer size outfit. What is her is. name? Or oh, is Go Gozer? Gozer. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you see Gozer on screen for all of like a minute and a half. You yeah. know. And so the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is really the is really the big thing in that movie, which for a kid that's awesome, and you want to see that. And I even had a stuff Stay Puff Marshmallow Man that was like, you know, I didn't have a teddy bear; I had one of those. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but this one, I feel like there's there's a real villain, you know. And oh yeah, not, there's much more menace with this one. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why I like it. I don't say that I like it Fair. more necessarily because I think the first one has a better movie, but I don't know. I, I like the villain better for sure. The one thing that <clears throat> that the first one has also is more fun. Again, not too to compare it, but I guess I'm going to is that I feel like in the first one there's more ghost busting, <laughs> yeah. you know. But then again, mm. as I think about it, really. That movie does the same thing that this movie does. There's one scene of, of ghost busting, and then they have a montage. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have to play the thing, don't I, Sam? Oh, yeah. Uh, they have a... Because it's the same thing, right? We <clears throat> we have the fight scene in the, uh, in the courtroom where they just dismantle that courtroom. And then... And and also, yeah, super convenient that the court brought in their four proton packs and the trap so that they could get the uh, Scolari brothers, whatever they were called. But then we get another montage. And yep. my God, they accomplished a lot in that montage. In that montage, they <laughs> not only did they get the Ecto-1 fixed and added a neon banner to the side of it, they also uh, got new signage for their building that even mm. lets you know that this is a sequel movie because it even has the logo of the movie for Ghostbusters 2. Again, it's on the jumpsuits as well, which I always thought was odd. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. why change the patch. I'm looking, looking on it now, I mean, I kind of see it as is just merchandising, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But yeah. oh yeah, uh, which which is a lot of what this movie was. Which is another reason they were dancing to their theme at the beginning of the movie. But, um. You know, it could be that that you know the business had crumbled and five years had gone by, and they were doing birthday parties, and and so when they were reestablished, maybe they needed a new branding. I don't know. 
But that's reading a lot into it. I mean, <laughs> I think you're giving. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, Harold Ramos and Dan Aykroyd, I think, are very clever writers. <clears throat> and I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, I just think that I think you're right. I think because the fact that they mention He Man specifically in the movie makes me wonder: yeah. did the did the Ghostbusters toy brand was that Hasbro? Like, were, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like, are they in the same family as He Man so they could do that thing? Right? Wasn't He Man Mattel? I, I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, yeah, maybe it was. is Mattel. It so might have been a competitive thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. I still, th- I think that whoever had Mattel, I mean not Mattel, whoever had He Man, if it was Mattel, then they were the ones that also sold the 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 toys for the Ghostbusters. I mean, I'm hesitant to think it's a rebranding thing because if you're like, you know, Joe Schmo company and you make a, some product that kills a bunch of kids, calling yourself Joe Schmo 2, I don't think it's really going to get you out from under that cloud. Yeah. E-Man was Mattel. Mattel, cool. Who sells uh, Ghostbusters stuff? Kenner line. No. Oh. From 86 to 91. Okay. And then Hasbro got it after that. All right. So I guess uh, it was just... They just picked He Man because it was popular, popular at the time. time. Yeah, yep. that's cool. I'm not going to play the He Man clip like I did last week. I keep forgetting that that clip feels like it's six minutes long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I, I I I hear you, Sam. Uh, of yep. all the things that you didn't like. And this isn't a movie where, like, because we all have those movies, right, where we say, I don't care what you say, I love the movie, right? And I'm not even mm-hmm. saying, like, defending Jurassic Park, because Jurassic Park is a genuinely great film. So yeah. it's kind of hard to poop on, on Jurassic Park, except for the Unique system. But Well, and, and there's, there's inconsistencies. Sure. I mean, you, you saw the, the, the TikTok, whatever that was, where the guy was showing, was it 15 different inconsistencies throughout the movie? Yeah. Yeah, the um, T-Rex comes over the wall and then the next scene and then it's, it's a 100 foot drop. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It's still a great film. I don't I don't care. But there are other movies that we we say again, for me Waterworld, right? Waterworld is an objectively bad film, but I don't care cuz I enjoy it. Yeah. So Tremors for God's sake. Oh yeah, Tremors. I'll watch Tremors any day, right? Yeah. It's funny. But it's a bad film. It's not a <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good film. It's not a good film, and also, weirdly enough, that movie, like this movie, had Cheech Marine in it. Yeah, um, right. I was not expecting. Like, there's a, a surprisingly large amount of cameos in this movie. I was, mm-hmm. I was. Well, surpri- you know, it's the second one. They got to make it bigger and better, and they put in all these cameos. I, yeah. I guess. I mean, who was the guy? Uh, what's his name? Um, he had his own TV. He had his own game show for like five minutes. Uh, he's the guy that does the Bueller, Bueller. Oh, uh, Stein. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. He's in this movie for a hot second. Yeah, that was funny. There's, I was surprised at how many people were in this. Um, that that aide that has the four guys um, committed. He's from Psych. That's what I know him from. Is uh, mm-hmm. he's the coroner from Psych. So not not often I get a Psych connection to my on our show. <laughs> so, uh, side side rail here. Yeah, I've mentioned before. I teach high school, and I occasionally go into the uh, well. At least at my old school, I would go into the art teachers' classrooms because they were right across the hall. And on occasion, I would go up to some kid who was working on something, and I would pick up a pen or a pencil or a brush, and I would say to them, "Oh, he he misses his kitty." 
We'll just we'll just place one right here by the cat. <laughs> of course, no one ever got the uh, reference. But, uh, no, of course not. It always made me laugh anyway. Oh yeah. Well, that's the matters. Yeah, that's what matters. <laughs> All the poor children. Um, another good one was uh, Philip Baker Hall, the uh, police commissioner. That guy. He like. He's a dude that's in everything. Like everything he's in, he's like military guy or political guy. Like he's a mm-hmm. dude that looks like he was born at the age of fifty. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. He's Came great. Out swearing and do what? Came out swearing. Swear- <laughs> yeah. I'm smoking a cigarette yeah. Yeah, or a cigar. Uh, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Uh, all right. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Because I I have some clips. Is there anything else we need to say before I do that? I'm trying to look at my my notes here. Um, I I do find it interesting that that the 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 judge yells at the goo in the courtroom, and from that moment we have ghosts again. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was the like that was the catalyst was just that judge yelling at them. Um, I just thought that was interesting. How let me Could, ask you how I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll say, how would you feel if you were Wilhelm von Homburg and you found out you got David Proust? <laughs> I assume that's the dude what played actual Vigo. And right, then, yeah, they 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 brought yeah. in Max von Sydow to voice to do all the lines. So he went in to the opening expecting to hear himself. Yeah. Hear Sydow and he's like, what the and then he walks out. Yeah. 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 How do you yeah. not tell a guy? It's horrible. <laughs> and and then Something that's uh, even worse, uh, when they turn him into Rago instead of Vigo, and he looks like a monkey version of Ray. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Just disrespectful. His likeness is completely gone now. <laughs> yeah. No, there's something. you uh, The reference you made, I uh, forgive me, I didn't get. But there's a couple of other instances where that happened too, right? Where like... I mean, I was the biggest of all time. Right. David Prowse, Darth Pray, Vader. Prowse, yeah. Okay, I was going to say that's what happened with James Earl Jones, right? But yeah, David Prowse, yeah. you're right. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of. There's a couple other moments I can't think of off the top of my head where that happened, but there have been other ones where that that happened, um, like 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 this way as opposed to, um, you know, like on purpose, like where the actor knew it. That's just funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, okay, time for some clips. You guys good for clips? I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. sure. Any yeah, other notes? Um, oh, my last note, and then I'll do clips. Is uh, I wrote uh, for some reason I don't remember them being such cowards. <laughs> um, it it felt kind of like a live action Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know, I just like I know when they first go into the library in the first movie and they're approaching the, the librarian ghost, you know, and she screams and they run away. Like, like I felt like at that moment from going forward, once they have their proton packs, like they're good. It just felt like, like they, uh, that train was a very obvious ghost train yet. Ernie Hudson screamed like it was a real train. I don't know. I kind of felt bad for Ernie Hudson. He didn't have much to do in this movie other than to scream. I felt, I felt bad for him all throughout this series. Like I, yeah. I felt like it was he got shafted quite a bit. At least they brought him back for two and after thankfully. 
But uh, Ooh, I will say, too, after watching the first one, I wanted to watch that in anticipation of seeing Afterlife and then watch two for this. I've had a newfound respect for Harold Ramis. I really right. appreciate his work in these films more than I did when I first watched them when I was younger. I think he I don't know what it is. I just I enjoyed him a lot more now with these revisits. So I was, thank you guys at least for that. Oh, yeah. Huh. We are here to do that thing. Uh, oh, that's where I know her from. So there's an actress in this movie, and I couldn't, rem- I didn't recognize her. Mary Ellen Trainer. Her, she was referred to as Brownstone Mother. So she's the mom of all the kids. And I, I'm looking at her, and I recognize her, but I didn't know what from. She is in. Uh, she's Mrs. Walsh from The Goonies. Uh, oh, um, okay. She plays. Uh, somebody in Die Hard, which we just watched a couple weeks ago, in the Lethal Weapon, Lethal Oh my gosh, Lethal <laughs> Weapon series, she's the police psychiatrist. Yeah, um, I thought she was the amazing. all about that bass girl singer. Yeah, that's that too. That's her mom. I, that's her mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she's in Congo. Oh, she's in Little Giants. She's in Forrest Gump. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she plays like a, a mom in all these. All of these things. Yeah. In The Little Giant, she is the icebox, the lead character, uh, Becky. It's her mom. That's okay. funny. All right. I didn't know she was married to Robert Zemeckis. Really? Yeah. Well, and she has probably. passed. Yeah, she died oh, in uh, well. 2015 at the age of 62. Oh. Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm a little too young. Uh... Oh yeah, she was. Uh, oh, she's the sister of Kathleen Turner in the *Romancing the Stone* movie. She's the one that gets captured, which kind of kickstarts the whole the whole thing. Monster uh, Squad, another classic from the '80s. Yeah, she was married mm-hmm. to Robert Zemeckis for 20 years. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. She appeared in four films directed by her husband: *Romancing the Stone*, *Back to the Future Part II*, *Death Becomes Her*, and *Forrest Gump*. That's pretty neat. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, good for her. That's awesome. Yeah, she's like everybody's mom. That's just crazy. Um, oh, she was even in an episode, a, a, a CBS school break special. <laughs> uh, all right. Time for uh, clips. End of the world will be on February 14th in the year 2016. Valentine's Day. Bummer. She kind of reminded me of Jennifer Tilly, her voice. Right, it's the voice, yeah, 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 just a voice. Oh, uh, do I do I have this trivia? This is fun trivia. As I'm looking at the, um, yeah, I don't the as I'm looking at the cast here. So the kid that says you guys are all frauds, that's why you went out of business. That's Jason Reitman. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's his that's his son who would then later direct Afterlife. Afterlife, that's perfect. <clears throat> Uh, this one is just uh, titled Bad. If everything you're doing is bad, I want you to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That cracks me up. I, w- I forgot <laughs> I was going to set this up. I was going to say, uh, this is Sam teaching his class. If everything you're doing is bad, I want you to know this. Sam <laughs> is tough on his kids, on his students. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean this joke. This I mean this thing works for any kind of setup. You know, this is this is Andrew after practice. If 
Everything you're doing is bad. Yeah. I want you to know this. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Or that's actually Sam after every podcast we do. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Harold Ramis saying something. Yo! <laughs> that's it. I just like See, the that. genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yo! <laughs> All right. That's great. Uh, I mentioned this clip earlier, but this cracks me up. Don't talk to me. Talk to my attorney. That's me. My guys are still under a judicial estrangement order. That blue thing I got from her. They could be exposing themselves. And you don't want us exposing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, th- this one... Uh... This movie, you know, it doesn't have the ghost blowjob, as you said, and it doesn't have some of the innuendo. But that and then, you know, other little things like, uh, oh, what was the, uh, oh, get a, get a stool sample, a personal or business? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that one, that one takes a minute to think about, but you're like, ah, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate I, little things like that. Yeah, that is a good one. I like to the in the courtroom scene when Bill Murray's feeding him the lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's what? Uh, just, he promised they won't do it again. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's leading the witness. Come on. We're both lawyers here. Yeah, it's great. I just like the fact that he Rick Moranis was just just right off camera. Like he was ready to be in that that judge's face. Uh, for for the line, that blue thing that she gave me because he doesn't really know what it is. I love that. It's just he doesn't really know what it is. It's just that thing that he gave me. Uh oh, wait a minute. Is that who that is? Bobby Brown was the doorman. Yeah. See, nope. everybody wanted in this movie. Yeah. Jeez. You're not wrong. Reasonably big hit out of that film too for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Um, what? Trish Cook is none at Statue of Liberty, uncredited. <laughs> okay. Okay. Something tells me Trish Cook put that in IMDb. I guess. I don't know. She's uh, uh she's in oh gosh, she's in a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Well, you know. Anyway, good for her. Good for, for Trish. Um this is a painful way to die. I'm surprised, Sam, this was not the way you chose to kill me. I didn't die of old age either. It was poisoned, stabbed, shot, hung, stretched, disemboweled, drawn, and quartered. Ouch. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't do that for me. <clears throat> uh, it was too, too obvious. Too obvious? Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, here's Cheech Marine, or Cheech Marin, however you want to pronounce it. Oh. Better late than never. <laughs> it's got the Titanic just showed up. Everybody loves him some Cheech. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, and then um, I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to mention it again. Why are my drippings with goo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. It's not that I kind of show, that. I was told. Yeah. <laughs> wish I had that audio for late nights. <laughs> oh. Why am I drippings with goo? I love it. I don't. I don't care. I love his little weird thing that he did. It didn't bother me at all. At all. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? A little bit of trivia here. Um. 
we've mentioned it a couple of times in the years between this movie and the original Ghostbusters, the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters introduced the idea that Slimer was living at the firehouse with the Ghostbusters as a pet because the original film and the cartoon series were so popular with children. They put Slimer in this film. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah. Well, you, you, you need a, you need an R2D2 archetype. That's what you yep. need. Uh, we've already mentioned the fact that uh, Von Seidel uh, dubbed his lines and when and Wilhelm left the premiere in anger when he found out. Um, that's kind of funny and sad. The term proton pack was never officially used on screen until the Ghostbusters are in the subway tunnel under in the subway tunnel and Egon says, before we go any further, I think we should get our proton packs. Is that true? They never said it in the first movie? They don't say it in the first one. They just refer oh, wow. to it as each one of us is carrying an, uh, an unregistered nuclear something on our backs. And then, <laughs> like, when they're climbing in the elevator and then they turn it on for the first yeah. time, the two guys, like, back away from the thing because they don't know if it's going to, you know, level a city block or not. <clears throat> huh. Well, I'll be. Yeah. That's one thing I will say that I noticed um, recently. I guess I guess watching it this time, maybe when we watched it for the show, the first Ghostbusters, is that there's a lot about the Ghostbusters, um, like uh, like the tech that we just don't get explanations for, and I don't think that matters. You know, the no. fact that like they build four, well, at least five proton packs that are nuclear powered, but we never yes. find out how they get the nuclear substance and. Like, how he designed it. Like, why would he design a thing that could capture a ghost as a, as a lasso that would also damage buildings? You know, like... They we, actually stole it with a scientist. Doc Brown? Uh, from, from some Iranians. A Libby, the Libyans. Libyans, excuse me. <laughs> the Libyans, Libyans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. Time for top three. Ghosts in movies. We're going to keep it nice and simple. Ghosts in movies. And uh, tradition says that Sam should go first. Oh, it does. Okay. Congratulations. Uh, all right. So I've got uh, in my number three, I've got a bunch of ghosts and the dead men of Dunharo from The Lord of the Rings. All right. From The City of the Dead. Yeah. I've, of course, then I have Bruce Willis from Sixth Sense. Ooh, spoiler. Jeez. Sorry. It's been, it's been like 38 years. I know. So, you're you know. not joking. And then, and then my number one are the Dead Brothers in Stardust. Oh, damn it. That's my number yeah. one, too. Gosh, dang it. Oh, those are they're so great. Oh, they're so good. Okay, well, I got to switch some stuff around. All right. Uh, Chris. Yeah? Yeah. I like how I always pretend I'm caught by surprise. I'm going to go... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Three. I'm going with number three is going to be The Pirates from The Fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. Ooh. I have a, an affection for 80s John Carpenter's films. Sure. And uh, those creepy one, yeah. pirates are a ton of fun. Uh, my two is going to be The Ghost, I guess, from uh, How Sue. The uh, Japanese uh, haunted house movie, which okay. if you have never seen, is bat s insane and is well worth watching. <laughs> and then finally, I'll go with just whatever that presence is at the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Uh, oh, okay, 
so just basically the Overlook itself, kind of. Yeah. Or the better film, Doctor Sleep. There you go. There's, yes. There's my hill that I. The wait, did you use the term the better film? Oh yeah, by far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's a I, holy cat. We did this for we we did Doctor Sleep for the podcast during October. And I loved every second of it. I could not. I, I was. I. I did not like um, um, the Shining at all. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. No, that's okay. fine. I mean, you know, it's just you know, the Shining is long and self-aware and boring, and it thinks it's important, but it's not. And even the author doesn't like it, but. Doctor Sleep is interesting and clever, and has some cool dialogue and some interesting things. So you know, it's just a, he a, hasn't. He also see, hasn't seen the documentary, the the room. I room haven't, but I also feel like I shouldn't have to watch a second documentary to make the movie better. It doesn't, but it's it. Okay, I don't think we have this kind of time. So <laughs> I why don't think I broke. <laughs> I broke our guest. I love it. <laughs> We've got a couple minutes. If you want to try to try to solve, if you want to try to fix me or make your argument, that's fine. But I mean, you know, it's one of those like, you know, it's just one of those things. It is what it is. I the Shining like is one of the greatest horror films ever made, and it tops. I vastly between that and The Thing as my favorite horror film. I watch it annually. It is one of the most disturbing, unsettling things you'll ever see because Kubrick does such a brilliant job keeping you off balance the entire time. I don't give a poop what Stephen King thinks about that adaptation <laughs> of his property because he likes the Stephen Weber version, all right, which, no. So I think that you know, what Kubrick does with that material is just so unsettling, and it's you just filled with dread from the beginning of that film, and it never lets you go, and it's just it's hypnotic. I don't know. I just adore that film. If by dread and hypnotic you mean sleep-inducing, then yeah, you're right. And I think the biggest problem for me, and you used the term, which I find interesting. You said it's the, one of the greatest horror films ever. There's nothing mm -hmm. scary in that movie. I was not scared at all, ever. But you probably also watched it when you were a kid, right? Yeah, but I watched it every... I watched it peeking through the stairwell of the stairs as my parents watched it, like on Spotlight when I was like seven. Sure. And I got terrified from it. And it's not a matter. See, horror doesn't have to be jump scares. I'm terrified all the time. It could just be this deep, unsettling ache. Like, what's a good example? Um, the Empty Man that came out this year. I don't know if which I think is another kind of really fascinating, unsettling film. Horror for me doesn't Midsummer. have to be scares. It can be. Midsummer is a good one. Yeah. That's Midsummer good. is one that that's that is a slow burn and it is a sure and it's it, unsettling. It's not a jump scare yeah. movie. Yeah, there's no jump scares. I don't think jump scares are what make a good horror film. I mean, I but think I mean like the opening the 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 scene in the the Evil Dead where she gets raped by a tree is the, one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen on film. Mm -hmm. Um, the the rest and that's of that horror, movie, right? And that's that's horror, right? But I, my point and, is, and is I'm that not. I'm not coming to Sean's defense here, but I will say the base boy, baseball boy scene in Dr. Sleep by far is the worst horror-ish scene um, between the two movies. Yes. In terms of, uh, I, you know, not uh, basically losing sleep at night over. 
I listen, I like Doctor Sleep. I think it is fantastic. And I think the director's cut is even better. But Ooh, yeah, I need, I to, I need to see that. that. I didn't know I, there was a director's cut. Yes, you did. We talked about it on the episode. Oh. But <laughs> I wasn't listening. The Shining <laughs> in itself is just a vibe. It's a mood. And it's just this creeping, unsettling experience, which I just don't find. I, I'm not saying Doctor Sleep is bad. I just think yeah. that The Shining is an experience. Sure. And Doctor yeah. Sleep is is a very very good Mike Flanagan at this point for me can almost do no wrong. I haven't right. seen him churn out a bad film yet. So. And I and I I, I almost uh, I have to admit I think I said a couple things. I'm I I don't, honestly don't remember what I said to to spark this. Um, I don't <laughs> think The Shining is a bad movie. I I just said that mostly for shock value, just to see your reaction, Chris. I don't think it's a bad movie. It just <laughs> it. it just didn't work for me. <laughs> Like I don't think again. I think it is a it is brilliantly shot. I think it's brilliantly acted. I think all of the things that make a movie great are there, but it doesn't work for me. It's not to me. It's not scary. And also, um, and I mentioned this when we did Doctor Sleep. I didn't realize until we watched Doctor Sleep that I that I realized that the Overlook was haunted when I was watching. Um, the 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 movie the first time the the Shining for the first time I assumed everything that was happening was inside Jack's head as he was just mm. going mad I thought it was just his own psychosis. Um, like well, I, I think it's one of the big successes of the film is Kubrick lets you find your way through that thing. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. What are we here to talk about? Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Hey, honestly, the fact that we made it an hour into the show without a real good uh, tangent, I'm actually kind of impressed. So we're we're doing yeah. okay. Um, and I think, and and again, as much as I love throwing myself under the bus on that take, um, it's good to have a conversation about it. And I and I do want to watch the movie again. I, I should rephrase. I I guess I feel like I need to see The Shining again. I don't really want to, but I feel like I need to. <laughs> Um, well, like any Kubrick movie, it's it's gets better with reviews or more more views. You know, it's you know, two thousand one is like that. Eyes wide mm-hmm. shut. It, it it just the more you watch, the oh, more you're you just watching that for the orgy movie. scene. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had I had a girlfriend in college because uh, I was in a fraternity that. Uh, one night she she turned over she, you know because we had just watched eyes wide shut she goes that's how i think your fraternity acts i'm <laughs> nice. like wow i was like that'd be she totally awesome. gets us <laughs> <laughs> i wish <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness wow that's amazing um yeah yeah sorry and, sweetheart and you've never been invited to one of these things yeah so. <laughs> that's either good or bad um right okay uh, okay, so that was Chris. All right. So I'm going to ask Andrew, whose turn is it now? Because this <laughs> became a thing. Is it, Cause is it yours? I guess it's mine, and then we'll determine yeah. who goes after that. Because I went back and listened to three or four episodes, <laughs> and we've been doing Twitter and then you. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, you got mad at me last week, even though that's the way we've been doing it. So I'll do my three. Okay. <laughs> we'll go from there. 
My three is since uh, Sam took the best one, in my opinion, which is from Stardust. The funniest. Definitely the funniest. Not yeah. the best, but the funniest in Stardust. So I am going to do Dr. Sleep is my number three, uh, which I guess is still technically the ghost from the Overlook. So we're having a shared moment there, Chris, okay. with the Overlook. Uh, two, I'm going with the ghosts from the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> nice. Yeah, even though they're... Muppets, I don't care. They're ghosts. Uh, and we watch that every year. And my number one is um, I'm going to do The Frighteners. Oh, okay. I love, nice. Good one. I, I love that, that movie. That was on my list, too. Look at that. Robert Zemeckis. We're uh, full circle. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Oh, no. Peter Jackson did The Frighteners. Yeah, yeah. Peter Jackson. That was the movie what got him um, The Lord of the Rings. Noticed. Yeah. 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 Could you? Even though it had Jake Busey. Busey. Yeah, it did. Busey. Yeah. Ugh. Busey. Uh, still one of my favorite Photoshop jobs Sam ever did was when he Photoshopped me into the poster of the Frighteners. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, okay. Andrew, would you like to go now or would you like to go after Twitter? Uh, I'll go now before Twitter. Okay. All right. Yeah. If that's okay. It's by please, by all means. All right. So I've got Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, Patrick Swayze and Ghost. Mm. Swazi, yep. Yeah. And uh, Nearly Headless Nick in Harry Potter. Nice. Very nice. Okay. I'll take it. All right. No go- no ghosts in Star Trek, Sean? <laughs> oh. Uh, That's mm. right. I'm calling you on it. I don't, th- I don't think so. <laughs> Could you count <laughs> Tholian Web? Uh, I wouldn't. That's the one. That's one where Kirk is trapped in, inter, in between dimensions and he keeps shows up as ghosts for people. I mean... I always love that episode. But that's also, that's also TV. The closest thing I could think of would be like... It's not even a ghost. It would have to be like in Star Trek Generations when they go through that time ribbon thing mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart is talking to Whoopi Goldberg and he's like, are you here? And she's like... I'm an echo of the person you used to know. That's the closest thing I could think of to ghosts in Star well, Trek. Nobody mentioned the Force ghosts. In yeah, Trek. I just realized that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, def- definitely the young Anakin. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that. as yeah, the Hayden, Force ghost, that was that Hayden, was put in there. Yeah, Because that is, that, is, that is the exact right ghost at the right time Yeah, that, uh, that he needed to see. He was was the ghost. It wasn't the ghost that we wanted. It was the ghost that we needed, or something like that. (laughs) That sounds right. Okay. So now Twitter. Um, Now last week, I, I apparently I have a habit. Not a habit. I've done this twice now, where I have said the name of the host of the show incorrectly. What uh, to the show? So last week, I said. Cam from a green shirt from the green shirt podcast, the newbies trek through TNG. And then I said, Cam from the sudden, but inevitable podcast. When of course I meant to say Jesse from the sudden, but inevitable. And I didn't know I said it until Jesse sends me a message and says, Oh, apparently Cam is now running my show as well. (laughs) Um, And if you rewind about three months, I said, Jesse, not only did I say Jesse from sudden, and then I read all of his. I also said Jesse from Green Shirt and then read Cam's. So apparently this is a thing that I do. So I'm going to be very careful when I read our Twitter uh, um, 
Twitter contribution, Lauren from the Beard Al podcast, who we had on last week, which was a, a pleasure to have. Yeah. Uh, she like. says, Casper, Beetlejuice, and also a Muppets Christmas Carol. So, oh, Beetlejuice. Uh, That's a good choice. Ghost, I didn't think of that one. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. Uh, Jesse <laughs> from the Sudden But Inevitable podcast says, Ghost Dog, Ghost in the Shell, and the Ghost and the Darkness. And then he wrote, just kidding, with little shades. And then he said, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Sixth Sense, and Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, and then good uh, friend of the show, um, Andrew, um, who's been listening for a long time, says, in no particular order, Stir of Echoes, 13 Ghosts, and The Frighteners. So thank you all for for uh, for that. Andrew is uh, at at. A B E D E W 13 on Twitter if you want to follow him and because he has lots of interesting things to say. So thank you all for, for that. Uh, yeah, cool. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give the podcast, no, we give the movie a score from zero to 10. We don't do <laughs> zero. That. No, we can I'll podcast. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't want a score for this show. We already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know. Oh, I I, I do want to say in seriousness that we are pretty self deferential, self deprecating. That's the word. Depre- yeah. Uh, for the We're show, self deprecating. Yeah. Yeah. That too. <laughs> we are definitely that. Um, <laughs> we uh we cracked in the top uh um nine thousand, or I guess we we're like eight hundred eight thousand and something. So I guess we're in that eight thousand block of of uh, worldwide podcasts. So yeah, can't you taste the fame? I know it's awesome. Know. We're we're Don't one step away. Your heads now. Yeah, we're we're I'll one step modest. away from Joe Rogan. Man, this is great. We're gonna get that Audible money or not? Uh, that Spotify money where they buy yeah, our show yeah. for three million. Wondery yeah. gonna be giving us a call pretty soon. I'm sure. Yeah, this is great. Um, no, who we're gonna be? What's that one that I hate? Um, uh, shit. <laughs> who is it? Not. Not Apple. What's the other one that we use? We've used for a long time. Gosh dang it. That doesn't matter. Like Stitcher? Uh, Stitcher. Yes. Stitcher is the one that they're going to call us up and offer us an exclusive. And, and this is the quality you can expect from this show. That's right. <laughs> I'm just here chasing clout. So that's, I hear you. That's, I'm fine with that. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, um, it's all all in good fun, and uh, Chris, we invited you here because I want to steal your listeners. That's that's kind of how this works. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. yeah, Andrew, will you please give this a score from zero to ten? I sure will, Sean. <laughs> uh, you know this this still hits me right. It doesn't age well with some of the uh, special effects and. Uh, it's got some cheesy moments, but it's it's still a fun little film. So I'm going to give this, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe a, let's go seven-ish. we got to go in the seven range for me. Low seven. So let's stick with 7.2 Viggy, Viggy, Viggy's. Uh, <laughs> you've been a bad monkey. There you go. You've been a bad monkey. Uh, Chris, feel free to embrace the decibel, by the way. No, all right. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, what's funny is I wrote it with a decimal point, but I did not add any numbers after said decimal point. So I just gave it a straight four. I'm, uh, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, just still doesn't work for me. Didn't work for me as a kid. Doesn't work for me now as I'm even more now, you know, older and much more sophisticated. 
Uh, Did I? I, I I'm, I'm, I'm floored here. Hold on. I've just spent an hour and 15 minutes with you. I thought you loved this film. Did I misread this whole conversation? I think so. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, I thought I was pretty down on most of it. I didn't uh, care so, for... That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess when, when you... Because Sam poo-pooed it at the, at the start. Right? Sam comes out and says, this yeah. movie is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then you were like, I'm going to disagree with Sam. And I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. But, uh, I think I was focusing on his about too much Bill Murray, ah. and I think I was looking at because I, I yeah I think my point with that was more just the focus on Bill Murray, but the Sam's reasoning for why Bill Murray I didn't agree with his reasoning as to why it was bad for Bill why Bill Murray was bad in the film. I don't that's agree with bad, well, yeah I don't agree with most of Sam's reasoning, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Sam. Yeah, I'm not going to go as low as a four. Um. But I'm going to do a, a, a 5.8 out of 10. All right. 5.8. All right. Well, um, hmm. <laughs> I find myself in a strange position. I don't know. I, I know I liked it more than a four. I had a good time with this movie. Uh, there was parts of it that made me laugh out loud. Uh, on a week where I needed laughs, this was a good movie for me to do. Um, I say I, hose them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a six and a half. I had a good time with this movie. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's fine. I think it, again, like you said, some stuff doesn't hold up, but some stuff does, and some stuff is, it's still funny. And I don't know. I just, it's it's fine. It's a fine film. Go watch it or don't. But I think you should. Right. I think Andrew made an interesting point earlier. Uh, I wonder if I'm comparing it too much to the original. Yeah, uh, maybe that's my problem. Yeah. As well, if, if, if it existed in a vacuum, would I be a little easier on it? I, I guess maybe, but uh, yeah. Nah. But I mean, like that's the point of sequels, right? You have to compare it, right? You you have to, and sometimes the sequel works better, sometimes the sequel is worse, and sometimes it's equally as good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Two Towers I think is equally as good as the Lord of the is the Fellowship of the Ring, if not a little bit better. Wrath of Khan is a better sequel to the motion picture. But then there are a thousand examples of where you have the Matrix and then the Matrix Revolutions, or you have Speed and then Speed Two. So, like, Oof. you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know, I don't think that this Put is off a cliff on that one, yeah, for sure, uh, or a boat off the cliff or something. And I don't think that's what this is, right? I don't think that. I mean, I no, think that that comparison speed. is, yeah, no, no, I don't think that that's because Speed I, Two I is unwatchable. Comparison, I would compare it to Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Lost World. Sure. I think right? that's a fair comparison. You know, it, it falls off quality, but there, it has its moments. What do you guys think? I think I have a definitive answer for this. I'm curious what you all think it is. What is the most consistently good action franchise? Consistently, consistently good, good action franchise. Yeah, like there franchise. hasn't really been a weak film in the bunch. Lethal Weapon, I would say probably. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So it first comes to mind. If you don't count the fifth Die Hard, I would say Die Hard. But you have to well, count. Yeah, but then you're breaking the rules of the entire thing. I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The worst one out? <laughs> yeah. I think Mission Impossible is the most consistently yeah. entertaining. I don't think there's been a bad one. They, they're all maybe a little different. And I think Woo's Part 2 is getting like a, a... It was panned back at the time, but I think it's got a reevaluation. on that people are kind of enjoying it. But I think Mission Impossible is, especially that's active, 
the most consistently entertaining franchise right now. Um, and I'm a massive Bond film fan, so that pains me to say that. Well, I was going to yeah, say... Yeah, Bond you, had a... I mean, the, the third Pierce Brosnan one was just well trash. Yeah. So, And the second one... And Nail the Golden Gun still kills me whenever but I watch it. But if you do it. Bond, I, th- I feel like mm-hmm. you have to do Bond in the, the actor, the Bond, right? Like I, mm-hmm. If you said the Daniel Craig quadrilogy, quad... whatever it's called. Oh, I think, quad, quad, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Quantum of Solace is, is not great... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think it's a terrible film. They're all pretty good. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. That's I, I haven't, honestly, I hadn't really ever thought of it. I mean, that's a good uh, little thought exercise. Yeah, I think I think what we said it works. Lethal Weapon, I think, is definitely up there. But it's not active anymore, though. That's true. It's no, not. I didn't say that in the beginning, though, when I first popped the questions. Yeah, I, I think your Mission Impossible yeah. one's right. I'm just since we're here, and I'm just going to ask you because it, it bothers Sam. But which one is your favorite Mission Impossible one? Oh, Ghost Protocol. See, I love I love three. Three is my favorite. Well, that's the rebirth. That's I think when they yeah, that's when the new this that's version the new, of the franchise yeah. started. Yeah, and just, PS just like is probably uh, my Fast favorite one out of all of them. Fast and the Furious was the same way, right? Where yeah. it took the third one to to kind of jump it off, mm. or the fourth one technically, because the third one, right? one was the fourth Tokyo. one. The third one was Tokyo Drift, technically. Which oh, is, was it? Oh, I thought Tokyo Drift was a sequel. Was the second one? No. So there's Fast and Furious, then Too Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious with Tay Diggs. That's when they introduced Tay Diggs, and then they go to Tokyo Drift, which is technically a prequel. And then that's when they start with Fast and Furious, and then the Furious Five, and then Six, Seven, Eight, and then Furious goes to space. Is the last one? <laughs> they literally go to space. So there's that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I love the Mission Impossible. I love all of them. I really do. I love all of them. Ghost Protocol is great. The scene when Tom Cruise steps out of the building makes my butt pucker every mm-hmm. time. Oh my god! <laughs> like, You're not human if if it doesn't, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I there there's there's a very few people on Earth that shouldn't get the heebie-jeebies geez. from that shot. It's so good. I mean, and I know he's in a harness that they just, you know, green screened out or they just CGI'd out. Like I know that. And and I watched some of the behind the scenes of that of those shots where they you know, like even the like there's a big line painted. If you cross this line, you have to be harnessed and they literally just had safety people there just to prevent you from walking across the line, which I think is super awesome. Um but oh my gosh, that yeah. shot's that shot's so good. Ooh. All right. Uh, last couple of things, and we're going to get the heck out of here. Um, we did our out of 10. Oh, soundtrack grade. We didn't really talk about the film score that much because yeah. most of this, these mu- movies are about the licensed music. But uh, Randy Eldman, Eldman did the score, and um, I think it's a, a pretty good score. The part that I really noticed some stuff, there were two moments where I really noticed, and I didn't capture them. Um, I should have the part when Sam mentioned when um, Sigourney Weaver is a bad mom when she, when Oscar is in the bedroom by himself and the window opens. Like I'm I'm listening to the to it on, through my headphones, and we're getting like this weird discordant uh, version of um, "Hush, Little Baby." Uh-huh. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, "Oh, that's so creepy!" <laughs> With the music, this kind of 
bum, ba-da-dum, bum, 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 bum. But it's like, you know, minor key, and the notes are just off a little bit so that they don't get sued. But it's it's really creepy. And then the other part is when the um, Statue of Liberty crashes the, the skylight. I mean, it goes full heroic music. You know, it, it goes, you know, full on hero, kind of like at the end of Die Hard. I mean, it's, it's, those are the two that really stuck out for me. I don't know if either one of y'all had any, uh, anything to say about the, the, the music itself. No, not really. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm, Sean, I'm a score guy as well. I think we talked about that on your episode of Screen Run. Um, it was all right. I mean, they kind of reused some of the keys, right? Some of the, the uh, cues, I should say, from the first film, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I think it's overwhelmed by the pop songs. Um, the film is overwhelmed. You know, it kind of overshadows the score. So, and it's not, I don't find it particularly memorable. As you said, it's just kind of a rehash, mostly outside of the Hush Little Baby stuff from the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like if I if I played you some of the score from this and said this is from Ghostbusters, you would say, "Oh, I, okay." I, you know, I'm, I don't think you would. Most people would know. Of course, then you play the Ray Parker Jr. song, and you're like, oh, oh, everybody knows that. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we do have another game. It's called the Quote Game. This is a game where if you, the listener, um, want to participate, you just listen to the quote. You send me a message via Twitter, Facebook, or email. And say, hey, this is the quote, and this is the movie that it's from. I will mail you a sticker. So last week's quote was, that's not a knife, that's a knife. So for those who are playing at home, that is, of course, from The Little Mermaid. No, that's not it. That's from Crocodile Dundee. This week's uh, quote is from, or not from, but it is from a movie filmed in North Carolina. So it's North Carolina Connection. There's your hint. This is the quote, nobody puts baby in a corner. That's your quote. Jurassic Park. Yep. That's, well, as much as the joke would work, Sam, I love when you get to insert Jurassic Park. That wasn't filmed in North Carolina, so I did already give that hint. Technically, I went to Kauai and then... And then I came back to North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> so when I when I visited the sets over in Kauai, the... I technically <laughs> no. brought that and then shot a video of me watching the video nope. in North Carolina. So therefore, it nope. was shot in North Carolina. No. Not at all. You could... for me. <laughs> See? No. You could say something like The Fugitive. Um, well, yeah. the part where the You're train... give it away here in a second. The Fugitive or yeah. Cabin Fever was filmed here in North Carolina. Or Iron Man 3, you could say. Arn. Or um, The Last of the Mohicans, also filmed here. Uh, it's definitely from that. Yeah, The Last of yeah. the Mohicans. <laughs> could you imagine Daniel Day-Lewis saying that line? Okay. <laughs> oh, He'd work it. He'd make it work. He could, he'd find a way to make it uh, Oscar-worthy. Chris, please tell the listeners of my show where they can find your shows, the two that you have. Sure. So uh, Screen Run is available at screenrun.fun, which uh, the lady one loves to say because she loves that. That's our domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're first season, we covered the films of Kevin Smith. This season, we are right in the middle, tail end of the Alien franchise. And then uh, my other show, The First Run, where we just kind of do, you know, first release films, and then we'll do a second film that is just uh, whatever we want to watch. Um, we have marathons and other stuff. And you can check us out at thefirstrun.com. You can find all your needs there. Awesome. 
Perfect. Cool. Thank you again. Thanks. Thank for, you. Thanks so much for coming on. This has uh, been fun. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I hope I didn't ruin things for you. No, gosh, oh, gosh no, no, not, no, not, not at all. <laughs> no, uh, this was great. Um, that's it. That's our show next week. We're doing while you were sleeping. We are going to end the year on uh-huh. the Sandra Bullock rom-com while you were sleeping. This was a listener wow. requested movie. And I've never seen it, so oh, look at you. Have either? Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to having three dudes talk about this rom com. It's going to be great. It'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, <sighs> go to. Ch- <laughs> I heard that. Oh, thing. sorry, sorry. Was I was I live with that? Oh. <laughs> it's going to be fine. We're going to have a good time. Um, I don't actually, I don't have a guest lined up for that week, so maybe we'll find somebody that's willing to do that movie. Uh, but in the meantime, go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. There you can find links to all 374 other of our episodes, facebook.com slash cheapseatreviews, and at cheapseatcast is Twitter, cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. That's going to do it. So on behalf of... Gosh, I'm, I'm I'm having this moment, Andrew, where I'm like, wait, is Andrew supposed to talk now? No, he's. he's you want to call me Jesse? Would that make you feel better? Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Uh, I mean, Cam. Uh, I mean, Chris. Gentlemen, uh, really, I want to say thank you so much for letting me come on. I had a lot of fun, so oh, thank yeah. you so much. Oh, the pleasure was ours. Uh, well, maybe not Sam's, but definitely uh, mine and Andrew. <laughs> uh, so, on behalf of uh, <laughs> Andrew, Sam. Uh, the portrait of Vigo behind Andrew with his Santa Claus hat on. And Chris, this is Santa Sean. Vigo. Santa Vigo. <laughs> and Chris, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.